Future Welcome to Psychic Visions Podcast. This is your host, Jason Zook. And this is Megan Kane. We're in the midst of a spiritual revolution. Our mission is to share and explore mysteries of the paranormal universe with our guests and you, our listeners, as we discuss healing, spirituality, life after death, and more. Psychic Visions Podcast, more than meets the eye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Psychic Visions. We're your hosts, Megan Kane and Jason Zook. And we're so excited to have you guys back because tonight we have a really great episode for you. It's a topic that I get asked about daily at my shop and in my work. And I'm sure Jason gets asked about it too, from people coming to readings and wanting to get confirmation and know more about it. And the topic is astral projection. And you're going to get to know what astral projection is, how it works. I know I've had my own personal experiences with it. So it was really refreshing to talk to our guest. He is literally a guru on it. His name is Cal Malquez. He is so inspiring. Jason, you want to tell him a little bit more about Cal before yeah. we play our conversations? Cal has reached thousands with his unique message on spirituality through his TikTok handle, Malquez the Mage. He has over 205,000 followers and 1.7 million likes. And he also has his YouTube channel, which provides encouraging and motivational content. Tons of meditations on there too. He like does a lot of guided meditations and his voice is so soothing. You guys will really like him. I think you're going to love him. He's just really informative. He has a lot to talk about and a lot of information on the subject. He's also the host of the Astral Minds podcast. Without further ado, let's bring him on. Let's start this chat. <laughs> Cal, welcome to the show. Hey, it's hey. a pleasure to be here. I can already feel the energy. It feels great. It's going to be a good one. I can already tell. Very good. Yeah, I'm getting chills when you said that. <laughs> I love what you're doing out there on TikTok, your book, your YouTube channel, everything that you're doing right now. It speaks volumes. How did you get into spirituality as your mainstay? What got you into this? And how did you get awoke, so to speak? Yeah, my my journey goes back to when I was a little kid. I always had this curiosity. I had this innate knowingness in me that underneath the core of this human experience, there was something more, something hidden, something deep. A good friend of mine just explained it to me. He related the movie The Matrix to it and how when Neo first meets Morpheus, the uh, Lord of Dreams, he first meets Morpheus and Morpheus is I know why you're here. You're here because of something you can't explain, something scratching at the back of your mind. That's what brought you to me today. Do you know what this is? And he says, the matrix. That's what my life was. And it may be because I saw the matrix when I was a little kid back in 1999, just seeing this whole thing. But there was this instinctive knowing that this wasn't my family. This isn't my home. Like I'm just here visiting for some reason. And every birthday, every party, every occasion, it was just like, I've lived so many times before. And this knowing is what kept me on this trajectory toward finding and discovering something deeper. It's coming to mind now specifically, and I don't usually share this, but I had a friend that I was really close with back when I was younger. And he was very weird, very strange spiritually. His family, they were very attuned. They would see spirits. They were always doing that stuff. They were very deep into the occult. And when I met him, I was like, oh my gosh, this is new. This is interesting. Like I, whatever you've got, I want it. And it was a specific story he told me that initiated all of this. He told me one night he woke up and he couldn't move. 
And this energy was moving over him. And then he tried moving his hardest and he said his arm came up, but it wasn't his arm. It was like blue tinted energy. It was light that he moved up out of his body. And then it was so shocking that he just slammed his hand back down and tried to get back in himself. But hearing that, it was like, this is it. This is what I need. This is where I'm going. And me and him became really good friends after that. And that kind of launched the beginning of this search for spiritual power, because I knew it was deep-seated. I knew it was in us to do these things. Magic, astral projection, all of these like telekinesis, these crazy things. I knew it was in us. Like most people do in the West, in the U.S. especially, I went to the only place I knew to find spiritual stuff. I went to a church. (laughs) I tried to find this information through a church body. Lucky enough for me, I set the intention out there to meet someone who was actually about it, someone who really knew what they were doing, this really deep into this spiritual stuff. Before long, someone came from a different church to meet me at this church. I finally met him. And at that time, I was going through a myriad of like spiritual things involving like darker entities. And because I was messing with a lot Mm -hmm. of things. I was a spiritual adventurer, man. If there was, if someone said, go down this road, cool things are there, I was going. If someone was in a spiritual van saying, hey, we got candy in here, I was running up to the van. I was ready. But I incurred a lot of negative things because I didn't know anything about warding. I didn't know anything about protection. And meeting my mentor, he cleared all that out. First time I came across him, he's like, I can tell you've done this. I know you've messed around with these things. And he just knew. And I'd never mm-hmm. experienced that before. He knew intimate detail about my life, things that I'd never share with anyone, struggles and difficulties with sexuality and just these things. He's like, I know you're dealing with this and this. You're going to get through it. Don't worry about it. And then he just, he prayed for me. That was his modality of sending positive energy. I went home back to my house after meeting him and it was like the house was empty. It was clear for the first time. I didn't feel the eyeballs in the corners of the room and the shadows weren't filled. I was like, oh, this is what it's like to live in a house normally without fearing things on you. And we could talk a lot about that. The whole sleep paralysis, the whole like demonic attack thing that I went through. Mm -hmm. That was a whole chapter of my life. Yeah, Um, I've had that too. (laughs) I understand. It's it's deep. I I don't want to prattle too far on. I know you guys have specific things, but starting out in this thing, it was a lot of curiosity and determination to see the end result because it's there. Amazing. I'm looking at your background. And part of the thing that I really appreciate is that you have a background in psychology. I actually have a background in psychology myself. And so when I saw that, I was like, mind, body, spirit, (laughs) and actually understanding the dynamics of it. And I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how is it going from being educated in psychology to going into the spiritual realm in your own way. I know we all have our unique experiences. You mentioned your mentor, Megan and I, Megan's the reason I'm out spiritually, so to speak, because she, yeah, she gave me the, the briefing and said, this is the path you should take. And I was like, are you? Wow. And so mm. I guess my question is with everything that you've done, how do you find from your personal experiences where your own mindset has evolved through your own spiritual dynamics and everything you've experienced spiritually? It's not a straight shot. It's not a okay, I've got this and I'm running with this forever, all the time. I've had instances in my life where it's like, oh, I need to double down. This is real. This is it. Coming from a place of psychology, neuroscience, and just being, like I said before, really curious 
about how the mind works, the inner machinations of our subconscious, I knew that even as a child, it's somewhere in my mind. And so I spent a lot of time researching that. And so, of course, I go to college for that. I'm more like developmental psychology and uh, things like that. But just seeing how the subconscious mind works, what I started to find interesting was hypnosis. Because it seemed as though hypnosis, getting into these varying stages of trance and then lowering brainwave frequency from the beta activity to the alpha and theta states, that's when I started to see there's more going on here in the mind. You start to look into uh, Carl Jung and you start to see his idea about the subconscious and how it's all connected and these things like that. And so the subconscious mind was where that was the tool I used to go from secularism to this more mystic path because that's when things seem to connect. You get guys like Wim Hof who are like, yeah, I'm doing this breathing technique and it allows me to just hijack my brain and do all this cool stuff. I'm like, it's there. It's in the brain. That's the key. Back when I was really getting into this stuff, it was hypnosis for me. These self-hypnosis techniques. I remember the first self-hypnosis technique that led me to astral projection was something very simple and I love sharing it. So if you would, I'd love to share it because it's something practical that anyone can do. It'll result in lucid dreams. It'll result in spontaneous out-of-body experiences. And it's so simple. All of hypnosis in itself is a simple thing. We just tend to complicate it with so many steps. But uh, the first time I actually projected, and I love telling this story, it's just, I first actually projected after two years of trying, two years of techniques, two years of study, things like that, learning how to meditate and all this. And I found a self-hypnosis technique. I paired that self-hypnosis with binaural beats. I make binaural beats as well. They're on my YouTube channel for free. People can listen to them. But binaural beats help to train the mind to get into these different altered states. And the idea is called a Hemisync, or Hemisync is a company that really was a forerunner on this. And the researcher, Robert Monroe, found that when you could synchronize the brain, the left and right hemisphere, then you could create the synchronicity in the body and in the spirit. And so... I use some binaural beats and then this specific technique. And it's simply you close your eyes before you go to bed and you will then focus on your closed eyelids, anything and everything that's going on. Focus passively. Don't strain your eyes for 15 seconds. Then you want to focus on what you can hear in the room. Now, when you focus very deeply, you really intently, you can hear a faint. You you think it's tinnitus, but I don't think it's tinnitus because most people don't have it. But they can still hear this when they focus. Even if you can't, focusing on what you can hear is good. And then you go from that to focusing on the body, predominantly your hands and feet, because energy is moving through those also very easily. And uh, you do that whole cycle, maybe three or four times, and try to fall asleep as you're doing it. What's happening is you're pulling your awareness from the external environment more internal, your internal processes. And this holding of your awareness is exactly what you need when you pass over into sleep to facilitate these things. Because a lucid dream is just conscious awareness in a dream. Astral projection is just conscious awareness apart from the body. Mm-hmm. And if you can hijack your mind, so to speak, take control of where your awareness goes, then you can do all sorts of things with it. Remote viewing, astral projection. You can get all of these interesting experiences that entail moving your conscious awareness. Awareness is non-local. When you finally see the field of what consciousness is, it has no borders, no limits, no boundaries. Consciousness is pervasive through all things. You can say it's consciousness. 
is God. You can say it's the universe because it has no limit. And when you move beyond the filter of this human body, that's when you really start to see I'm much bigger than this. I can amazing. do all sorts of things. That's amazing. You've said a lot of things that really hit home with me too. I love that you've created your own modality on how to reach astral projection and out-of-body quote experiences type thing. So oh, binary bees, some people binary. say binary beads. Okay. About. So that, and then combined with hypnosis, which is really interesting. The first time and the only time I've astral projected, I was like six years old. I was also going through identity things around that age where I was questioning, like, why am I a girl? I didn't know what made me a girl. So I looked in front of the mirror and I was like maybe four inches from the mirror sitting on the ground. And I was staring at my eyes. I was as close as I could get. And I was staring into my eyes and I kept repeating, I'm a little girl. I'm a little girl. I'm a little girl. And I kept repeating that in my head. And every time I repeated it, I thought about what that meant. So I'm a little girl. And I'd look at my eyes and be like, those are my dad's eyes. I'm a little girl. And I'd look at my nose and say, that's my dad's nose. I'm a little girl. My dad's lips. (laughs) I kept saying this and I'm like trying to question like what makes, what am I is really the essential question that I was asking. And next thing I'm a little girl, boop, I am on the ceiling looking down at my little girl head with my little cross legs, see my little legs, my little knees poking out and I see my braid and I'm like, oh, and I'm floating on the ceiling and I'm looking straight down right above my body. I'm like, okay, I'm up here and I'm down there. I'm up here and I'm down there. That's all I could like process. And then all of a sudden I got what would be like anxiety, like, like a feeling like, oh, I shouldn't be up here. And as soon as I had that feeling, I was right back in the mirror and I was like, what just happened to me? And I literally never shared that with anyone. And I was at Jason's house one time and he's also super psychic like myself and you. And he was looked right at me and he was like, you projected out of your body as a little girl in front of the mirror. And I was like, I did. Thank you. You believe me. (laughs) So what is your advice to me on that? I've never done it since. And it was interesting how I just popped out. I feel like it was spirit or God or my higher self or whatever you want to call it saying, this is what you are. You're not a boy. You're not a girl. You're a spirit. This is what you mm-hmm. actually are. That's just your vessel, this go around. I've just had so many interesting experiences, mostly in my sleep after that like astral plane stuff, like waking up and filling in two places. But that's my one and only experience with, and what was your first, can you maybe explain to me maybe what your thoughts are on my experience? And then what was your yeah. first experience <laughs> astral projecting? That's amazing. Your experience is absolutely amazing. And it's the type of, it's the fuel that I love having to further my own exploration. And it's so inspiring because what you describe is something so natural that anyone can do it. And that's the foundation of what I like to teach people. That's my message. You can see it absolutely anywhere that you see my face talking about things is this stuff is natural and you can achieve it. Sitting in front of the mirror, I know a lot of techniques that involve mirrors. Magic goes into mirrors quite a lot, actually. I don't know the behind the scenes of why mirrors are so effective, but when it comes to magic and things like that, they do hold some air of potential to them. I don't know why. But your trip specifically seems like it was initiated by this introspection. This You were looking at yourself outside of yourself contemplatively. You were already seeing yourself outside and you're like, okay, why am I a little girl? 
was the thing that initiated it. And I found that when you teach people to free their mind by thinking outside of their own conceived notions, that's when you start to have them awaken their abilities naturally. Because a lot of people have this hive mind, this societally accepted programming that they grew up with. And it's possible that you two don't have that. You two didn't have that when you were little, this built in things go like this. You cannot leave your body. You have to be what you are. There's nothing more than this reality. That limiting view is what skews people's abilities and stops them from experiencing these things. That's why kids experience it more often is because they don't have this programming that tells them, no, you can't do that. That's not real. And so the fact that you did it without an in-depth technique is beautiful, is what I wish I could help everyone to get to, is this place where you realize that you don't need a technique because you are the technique. Mm -hmm. Just your awareness is all you need. That's why I think your trip is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening and for your guidance on it, because I'd like to do it again. I haven't tried since, but I did have a weird experience trying to see my aura where my soul, I thought I saw my soul pop out at me. And it was like, I've seen the blue that you're talking about or that your friend experienced when I saw my grandfather sitting on my bed once he was like in a blue tent. But one time I was doing like aura gazing in a mirror and I was trying to expand my aura. I would only start to see like the white outline and I was trying to get to the color. And once I did it and I saw it was scary, like an entire different being pop out and look at me in the mirror. And it was like glowy, almost glittery, like JLo in that video where she's like, Ah, but you know, it's very about. interesting what you described. <laughs> Glittering so, and very interesting. Yeah. So I saw something pop out at me, and that's my only experiences. Have you seen anything like that? Or oh I've seen some things that have really caused me <laughs> pause and made right? me think, Am I crazy? And I'm right. seriously, like after it happens, you're like, this is right. the stuff people get <laughs> locked up for. This is what they get help for. And uh, that's part of the reason why I started my channels. I don't want people to think they're crazy because I experience this stuff and I'm still a normal functioning human. Like I'm not clinically schizophrenic or I don't have psychosis or anything like that. Functioning citizens. (laughs) Right. Like the normal people. I feel like I'm a normal person. I just have extraordinary things happen. Yeah. You have extraordinary (laughs) gifts actually too. Uh So it's amazing. So what was your first the first time that you popped out of your body or had that astral projection? So the first time was following that self-hypnosis technique that I shared just a moment before. I went to sleep and I had frequently had these sort of dreams of fighting and doing battle with all sorts of entities. My my childhood was littered (laughs) with fighting things. And I feel like I gained this sort of this toughness. Because when I say I've seen a lot of things, I've seen angels, I've seen shadow people, I've seen a whole lot of stuff with the eyes. And uh, the sort of stuff that's just like, what it does to me is it builds up this roar, I want to say. I'm here, I'm observing this. You're not going to intimidate me. I'm holding my space. And so I would frequently have these dreams of fighting, battling. I woke up- Entities each time, different types. I know exactly. You're like my twin flame in this experience. I'm so happy I met you. Please go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. Like I said, the energy is high. <laughs> yeah. I went through 
this dream experience. I was fighting, whatever. And there's always an energy that comes with these nightmares things. It's not mm-hmm. just the old oh, boogeyman comes up. It's mm-hmm. the energy that precedes them. And so I got used to cutting those dreams off before they got bad because I had so many of them. And I was like, oh, this is bad. I don't like this. Psh, let's get out of here. And I woke up and I was in bed and I was like, all right, let me get up, get a drink of water, whatever. And I tried to move and I was stuck. Okay. Sleep paralysis. I've had this before. This is nothing new. I've done this. this is, I can get out of this. I know how to do this. But as I was trying to force my way out of it, I was hit with these the best way I could describe it is G-force, this mm-hmm. inertia, this, I, it's described in the movie, in the book, Time Machine. He describes this inertia, this impending collision inertia, where you're just like, I started to feel this, these waves of vibration, this energy rocking me to the core. And it felt like I was on a giant drop, just like all of a sudden, just there shaking everything. And it was so intense that I became scared. I, I thought to myself, I finally done it. <laughs> I finally often killed myself. I went too far this time <laughs> with the <laughs> techniques and the methods. I've done something wrong here. And it kept going. It kept going and it ramped up. Like you'd imagine like a generator, like this buildup and buildup till eventually I thought to myself, I can't take any more of this. If this continues, I'm going to die. And I felt myself starting to cry as this is too much. Like I can't take any more of this. And right when I thought that I felt hands grab my shoulders and what felt like I was pulled out of the bed, but it, it was matched with this feeling of this electric feeling moving down my body. It felt if I was in a one suit, like a wet onesie, and I was pulling it off of me, this electric eel sort of feeling. And I was on the floor. And I'd never felt anything like it before in my life. At that time, I slept on a bed that was just a bed in a box spring in the, against the wall. So there was no headboard. If I wanted to, I could backflip out of the bed and start my day. Mm-hmm. I really felt like it. Okay. And so I thought I had actually fallen out of the bed. And I got up and I was looking around the room and it had this strange bluish tint to it. It wasn't extreme like a cyan or really, I can't see through this. It was like everything had this bluish tint to it. And it reminded me of being in a pool and looking up at the surface of the water and how there were like translucent wisps moving through the air. And so I was like, what the hell is going on? And I turn and I look down at the bed where I thought I would, I thought I fell from. And I see myself laying in the bed, like curled up like this, looking like I'm in pain. And it was just like that. I I always say it's like that twilight zone. It you know, was like, oh my gosh. And I, I got in really close to myself and I looked and I was like, oh my God, I, I actually did it. Like I've done it. It's happened. And from I there, I, I, yeah, it's, it was very yeah. interesting. I, from there, I moved through the house and it's just like this elation and this joy of finally having done it, finally being what I thought free after a whole lifetime of knowing that this body wasn't me and that this world wasn't my world. Family wasn't my family. Finally, I was out of the constraint. And I was like, oh, this is what I was meant to be doing this whole time. If I can be a little silly with it, it was much <laughs> like I was really big into the movie Watchmen at that time. And there's a character mm-hmm. in Watchmen called Dr. Manhattan. And when he makes his appearance, he just appears into being and he's just he just shows up. That's how I felt leaving my body that first time. Mm-hmm. I, 
I've recreated myself. So it was a very visceral, very powerful experience for me. I love that. I just, I love the way we're talking about these topics. I think Megan and I have a big focus for our show. Just exactly what you said is to let everyone know that everyone can do this. This isn't anything Mm -hmm. that's mystical or mysterious. Mm -hmm. Like it's all within us. And I always say that we're spiritual bodies. We're living in a human world, but we're all spiritual in essence. And we're Mm -hmm. in Cadbury eggs. The uh, spiritual side of us is inside. And when we leave, like Megan said earlier, it's a vehicle. These are our bodies are our vehicles. I wanted to ask you about ritual magic. Mm. That's something that we're very open to and interested in hearing your experience with it. I wanted to see if you could share with our audience how magic has worked in your life. For me personally, I do a lot of manifestation work mm-hmm. and I do law of attraction. Megan and I do that. We'll do manifestation candles and the things that we work on, they seem to happen pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask what's been your experience with magic or manifestation or whatever, how you view it. And if you'd like to share that with our audience. Of course. When it comes to magic, one of the first things I like to say to people is that you don't need a ritual or a spell to do any sort of magic. You are the magic. So Mm -hmm. what you're saying about manifestation, what you're saying about all these things, they apply, they're real. The thing about ritual magic, the thing about the spells that I do that I've learned, they're a modality to help you connect with these angelic forces these extra dimensional beings, these things like that, that we can't perceive. I've said before in uh, some of the videos I've made that we are gods that can't see what we create. That is all. In this body, we can't see the effect we're having with our thoughts and our manifestations. And so magic for me, it blew my mind. It came after a period of realizing that I didn't need anything. And that's the important key that I, I love to give to people. I found my mentor for magic After I realized I didn't need to go anywhere to learn, I didn't need to be anyone special, I didn't need to accomplish anything in order to have the enlightenment that's in all of us. In order to have that, all I need to do is stop trying to chase it and just be it, to rest in it. And after I found that, a day or two later, this guy hits me up from Lebanon. And I'm like, what is this? A lot of people contact me from all over the world, which is amazing to me, but he contacts me and he's like, hey, I have a question about astral projection, about trance and all of this. He found me through YouTube because my trance video on how to get into a trance was, I think it's like number one on YouTube if you search how to get into a trance. And so he found me through that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to help him out. I just felt, yeah, I usually charge for my time because I'm super busy, whatever. Let's do it. And so I help him. I give him all the information I can. And then he's like, because you've given me this information, I'm going to give you what I know. And he's like, I do magic, real magic. And not the stuff that you could find like on YouTube, people telling you to say some spells or incantations. I know real stuff. And so I was like, show me. (laughs) Let's see what you got. He went on to give to me a few spells to experiment with, a few things to work with. And he taught me the foundations of this sort of magic. And this is more of a Arabic Renaissance magic, if you wanted to look it up like that. There are grimoires all over the place, but they're all in Arabic or Persian or things like that. They haven't been translated to English. And so that made me curious. I was like, okay, he may actually be onto something here. And so he explains to me that this magic uses the evocation of the names of these entities, much like Hermeticism does in the Golden Dawn system of magic that Aleister Crowley brought to us. 
he learned that from Egypt. And this is much the same that my mentor is teaching me. You evoke these entities, you call them forward, and you ask them to do these workings for you. And this can be teleportation, levitation, time travel, all of these crazy things that he just blew my mind with. Because when someone comes to you and they give you a story and they're like, these things have happened to me when I've done this, and you feel the energy from that, no motive, no money, no position or fame. He doesn't care about any of that. He's just like, you've helped me. I want to express this to you because I see what type of person you are. When people tell you these experiences, it's like, oh my God, it's, like, it's crazy, all this stuff that's possible. And he says, it's the working of these names. It's not an incantation that's just blah, 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 uh, abracadabra or avada kedavra. It's not just that stuff. It's the evocation and invocation of these sacred names. The way he describes it is Allah, if you want to look at it from that Muslim roots, from the Quran, Allah, I just say God, source consciousness, the first light, whatever you want to say, has named these entities. And if you know the name of the entity, you can then have the entity do what it does best for you. And it takes saying these names certain numbers of times in certain settings. You may need to light specific candles. You may need to light sage. You may need to do all sorts of things. But the effect that you get is what these spirits do. The spirits do the magic. It's not you really doing it when it's this type of magic. Manifestation, telekinesis, perception of other people's thoughts, psychic abilities, that's you. When you're going into calling upon spirits and saying, hey, I want to be able to reach out to someone across the world and have a conversation with them. I want to be able to see them and be where they are. The spirit does that for you. It's the spirit you're working with. Now, there are many different types of magic in this system. You've got this form of magic, then you've got alchemy in this system. And alchemy is more of an illusion-based magic, not like what you'd assume like David Blaine or things like that, where it is like some smoke and mirrors. This is, it affects your third eye, makes you see things that the magician wants you to see. And so you would take these elements, frogs, legs, newts, eye, lizard tongue, whatever. You take these elements, you boil them, and you burn them to a powder. Once they're a powder, then you can take them and throw them over fire, and people will see spirits and things rising up out of the fire. You can throw them onto a tree, and the tree will take shape as a newt or something else. It'll, it'll turn into a nymph or something else. It's, you also have to use names when you create these things. I hope I'm not like saying too much here, but- like, No, I'm following. So I'm following. <laughs> there's a whole lot to go into with it, but the foundations of it is you're calling on spirits to do this work for you. The saying of their names gives them power to affect the natural world from where they are. That's mm -hmm. the agreement. They can't affect this world without an open door. I know you guys are very familiar with this. Yes. Magic can be extremely dangerous if you don't know what you're doing, because many people get into it and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this simple spell I read from here or yada. And you invite in, if not the spirit, you call a wandering spirit that has no home, no clan, no family. It hears mm -hmm. you calling out to something and it thinks to itself, ah, let me go entertain that person. Let me get a foothold <laughs> in the world. It's very mm -hmm. nuanced, but it's incredibly interesting and I love it. I've been learning a lot. I've been doing a lot of interesting things. And so it's very cool. And wow. it's so amazing because those of our listeners who, a lot of our listeners probably have had, especially they're tuning into this channel or this show, 
they've had some type of experience and they're curious about it. I can back you up on a lot of the things that you've said. I've had a lot of similar experiences through my spiritual awakening. I feel like it's all very interconnected as far as like how our progress on our enlightenment and whatnot. I also have a question and I've, again, on the names too, like calling out and invoking that's even with my spiritual awakening, I had the whole thing where I saw the dark energies like you did. And with my Christian background, I wasn't really religious, but I ran to the religious person I knew just like you did. And I was like, what do I do? And they were like, call out to Jesus, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And it worked, even though I hadn't followed Jesus and I hadn't been quote unquote religious or a Christian person, I did call out on that entity on Jesus and then boom, gone. I had these, they would scatter so quickly. And then I also had these experiences with sleep paralysis like you did too. And that kind of goes into my next thing I wanted to ask you about because One of my sleep paralysis experiences, and it was actually the first one that I remember as an adult, I know it happened to me as a child a lot. And then I had a few gaps in that. But when I was 18, I moved into one of my dad's older apartment buildings and I started getting haunted again, so to speak. And I started having physical, spiritual experiences, not just like feeling or sensing or knowing I was having things moved. And I had my first sleep paralysis experience in that apartment where I woke up and I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I knew I was scared, but it was almost like I was, my fear was numb. And -hmm. instead of seeing a spirit, which I had seen before, I saw an alien at the end of my bed. And I, and now I didn't know it was an alien at the time because my, I was literally like numb and all I could process, it was like being on, I don't even know how to describe it. There was only one thing that I could repeat over and over my head. And it was is that a boy or girl? Is that a boy or girl? <laughs> Cause I couldn't, I, my brain couldn't wrap around what I was seeing. And it was like in a interesting, it was like a, I remember being like a lavender or a plum or a red or a rose, like that kind of lighting and same thing. And I, I just remember having a hue around it and it had, or they, I don't know, two large black eyes, nose, mouth. And I was just numb, like mm-hmm. looking at it. And then finally I was able to get up and the energy released me and it was gone. And I've had many UFO experiences since then. So I know that you have some information and some knowledge on that as well. And can you tell me a little bit about your experiences with aliens, UFOs, and how you think it has parallels to our gifts and the other things we experience in the metaphysical lifestyle that we all are indulging in? Absolutely. I was really big into aliens well, when I was younger. I say really big. I still am. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, we all I'm, are, still, yeah. I'm still really interested yeah. then. I was followed very closely with Disclosure and Bob mm-hmm. Lazar's research. On, oh, like, yes. All that mm-hmm. stuff. I, I, I love that stuff. Digest that information. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it, it rings mm-hmm. true. It, you hear it and you're like, man, that's what's been out there that I haven't seen. And so I, I always had this curiosity about UFOs, aliens, things like that. As far as an experience with them, I haven't had an experience of seeing a UFO or seeing an entity, but I've had experiences where I'm trying to connect with them because I feel like they're more of a dimensional phenomenon. Not in every case. In some cases, I feel they they are in vessels and they are able to move those vessels from one point in space time to another instantly. And I've heard some very interesting ways that that happens. They just change the location in their machine to whatever location they want to be in. And they stop existing there and exist in the next place. So I feel like they do have this far reaching, far advanced technological position over us. But I also feel like with that, 
comes an intermingling between spirit and machine, spirit and technology. I feel is the next frontier of this whole thing. Since we've developed the technological front, and now we're starting to see that quantum physics affects reality. Our consciousness, the conscious observer effect, has some outplay on things. There's quantum entanglement. One thing is affected by this other thing, far as hell away, all this other stuff. It makes me see that eventually we're going to get to a place where spiritual knowledge connects with technology in such a way that we can have these experiences that you had, where I feel like that entity was meeting you on an energetic level in order to awaken you to more opportunity with them. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had experiences meeting angels and seeing shadow peoples and things like that, but I feel like it's all a dimensional thing when we see them like that, because we're tapping into higher realms of reality. Definitely. I love that. And I'll say something. My first time seeing a UFO was with Megan. Huh? She's a magnet for them. So if you ever want to see UFOs, should. Let's I go. We need to start stargazing with her in 2018 <laughs> yeah. or 2019. And it was a UFO that did 390 degree turns and shot off. And I was after that, I'm a believer. And I can tell you right now, you're going to definitely have more interaction with aliens as well in the future. And we shouldn't mm-hmm. call them aliens. We just call them other life forms. Yeah. I, I buy into what you're saying too. I've also had situations when I've meditated where I've connected with a, a life form in the meditative state I was in. And they had indicated to me that they transformed from physical to consciousness. And that's how they communicate. And I felt this higher level power. And I remember telling Megan about it, how amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think everything that you're describing, it resonates with us. For me, meditation has been a really big vehicle in getting in tune with myself and growing myself spiritually and, and psychically and intuitively. And I wanted to ask you, since you have a heavy background in meditation as well, what have you found in terms of meditating that helps you guide yourself in your journey? And if you have any recommendations for anyone in our audience who struggles with meditation, what would you say to them about how they can up their game, so to speak? Ah, it's a fascinating question. I feel like it's one of the questions that a lot more people ask than they're willing to admit. Mm -hmm. Is everybody, when you ask, oh, I'm good at meditating. I can do that. That's just sitting there. (laughs) So, Meditation for me, it can take on many different forms as a lot of these things can, but I want to distill this to something very palatable and understandable. Meditation at its core should be extremely easy for a few reasons. One, you're connecting to source again. You're basically saying, all right, ego, give me a second. I'm just going to stop being Cal for a minute. It's this release of the effort you're putting in to be human just for a little while. And two, it allows you to see who you really are. You pull back and you can see life from a bigger perspective. Then everything is like, oh, I see this is a play, the cosmic play. This is That's all this is. So meditation at its core should not be a difficult thing with so many steps, unless you're trying to achieve certain goals with this body and how you can affect this reality. Because as Dolores Cannon talks about, earth is a school she said before, and that we're here to learn how to manipulate energy. And so there are places where meditation can be used for that. And I use them for that. One of the main things I teach people is that you are not your physical body. One of the concepts in alchemy that you may hear, you may have already heard, is this uh, concept of being in the prison without walls. The prison without walls is the body. We're born in this. 
And our society teaches us that there is nothing beyond this. For me, helping someone to reach a place of enlightenment, reach a place where they can take their own spirituality and run with it, is teaching them that they are not their physical body. It's a part of them, sure, because they exist in it, but they're more than that. And I do that with a specific meditation that I think is really cool. I love giving meditation. So if you guys aren't here for that, I don't know what to tell you. Yes, we are here for it. I love the techniques. (laughs) I say I'm a man of methods. So this specific technique is really easy. I came across it in a book, I believe, Astral Projection Naturally and Easily by a guy named John Kreider. He talks about it, if anybody's curious about the book, because I don't want to steal people's work. That's John Kreider. And so he talks about the consciousness as a radio station. And this, where we are right now, is the home station. This basic level of consciousness where we're occupied by the five senses. You guys are hearing me. You're smelling the room. You're feeling the air on your skin. The five senses. Astral projection or any movement of your conscious awareness is a turn of the dial away from the home station. So when you meditate, close your eyes, you get quiet. You're slightly moving the dial. And there may be static because you're not on a station yet. You haven't gotten used to it. So you'll go from this to static. And the static is interesting. And I, I like to show people the static. If you were to lay in your bed on your back and focus in your room with your eyes open on everything you can see, take your vision from pointed focus to panoramic, you'll begin to slow your brainwave frequency, just expanding your vision to where you can see the ends. Do that and try to see as much as you can. Really easy, not complex. Try to focus on what you can smell. How does the room smell? Focus on what you can hear in the room. Birds chirping outside, air conditioner on, the droning of some sort of machine in the room, whatever the case may be. Focus on how your body feels in the bed, the weight of your body laying on the bed or on the couch. Focus on all of these things and maintain that focus for a period of time. We'll say two or three minutes. Doesn't have to be anything extreme. What you'll notice is as you're doing this, there's this tension that builds up in your mind because you're staying focused on the home station for so long. Usually our minds are everywhere. We're on the home station when we need to focus. Like when we're driving, we're on the home station. But when you're going about your activities, especially you guys being psychic, your minds are everywhere. Visions will be coming and your consciousness is everywhere. Now, holding it steady in one place, the tension will build. It'll feel like you're working a muscle and you've been holding a bicep curl up. After you've done that for two or three minutes, let it go. Just relax. Just let it go. Close your eyes. What you'll notice is, especially for you guys, visions will come up immediately. The mind will be ready to move instantly. Even for people who don't practice these psychic abilities, who don't have this training, they'll notice that their minds go any and everywhere, past memory, you know, what you got to do tomorrow. A vision will just pop up out of nowhere. And I tell people, explore that. Don't fight it. Don't try to take the steering wheel from your subconscious and guide it. Just go with it. Just be a passenger. And a lot of times people will start to see real visual images behind their closed eyes of being in a different place just that easily. Just like, boom, pictures will come up and be like, oh, I saw this thing. And that's the first stage of it. That's learning to go into your internal world. That's getting comfortable in the static, you know, like an EVP, something like that for ghost hunters. Or uh, what's that machine where they, uh, static box where it just just plays statics. Yeah, it's, it play, yeah it's, it's, I forget what it's called. Uh, some sort of 
machine where it just plays static and it finds mm -hmm. it jumps between different stations quickly. So it just sounds like static. But if there's an entity present, the entity can manipulate that to where it can speak to you through it. And that's what this meditation exercise is. It's you learning to navigate the static of your mind to receive the images that are always coming at you. And then we take it a bit further and I say, instead of letting your focus go, hold that focus, but close your eyes. And now imagine you're looking at your room from a different perspective. I call this the water bottle technique. Put a water bottle next to your nightstand, lay in your bed, do what I said before, focus on everything. When you mm -hmm. feel attention for long enough, close your eyes. And now imagine you're seeing life from that water bottle's perspective. And people will report, hey, I saw flashes of what it would look like seeing from that perspective. And then that lets them know, okay, so my awareness can transverse this body and move anywhere. And that's the major thing for me. And I feel like meditation, if I could put something right next to meditation, it would be this concept that the imagination is the muscle of the mind. If you want to develop your psychic abilities, if you want to move into these interesting practices, even with magic, because if you don't have your psychic centers open, magic is going to be much more difficult because you can't see what you're working with. You can't hear what you're working with. So how are you going to work with those spirits that you call? And uh, so one of the main things is that imagination is the muscle of the mind. You have to develop your imagination because that progresses into psychic ability. And it's much easier than saying, all right, close your eyes and remote view for me this spot in Canada. And so I got to work up to that. You do. This whole thing is like bench pressing. A lot of people want to start at 315 and have never stepped foot in a gym in a spiritual sense. You got to start with a hundred pounds, man. Get comfortable and work up. For most people, if I say, imagine an apple, they will close their eyes and try to see an apple and the apple will be morphing and it'll be moving and it'll, it won't be permanent. And over time, it'll develop to an apple. And then I'll say, imagine you're grabbing the apple. Imagine you smell the apple. How does the skin feel? Like just developing your visualization skill will cause all this psychic stuff to come much easier. I'm a big advocate that you're speaking our language because I talk about visualization with Megan all the time. And personally, that's the stuff you're talking about. It's like we're discussing language <laughs> with terms and ideas. And I love that. I know from our vantage point, having you be able to share this from your unique perspective and point of view is very great. We're grateful for that because it's nice to have outside point of view and experiences with the spiritual side. We all have those experiences, but very few of us are actually able to discuss it and have a safe environment where you don't feel like you're going to be judged for it. And I like that you've been through like the spiritual boot camp, like spiritually, like I did, like where you're having to ward off these dark energies and navigate your way through your awakening. And when we were growing up and in you, like we didn't have a lot of the resources that a lot of the youth now has as they're going through their spiritual awakening. They have TikTok, they have YouTube, they have so many books on it. It's not like that little tiny metaphysical aisle we had in Barnes and Noble growing up and nothing. There was no internet for Jason and I until we were like in our twenties or maybe a little later to the extent where it's at now. And I just think it's so amazing how you really, and especially because you're on TikTok, Jason and I are still like new to TikTok, but I love that you've had the reach that you've had and really been able to put that information out there. Cause a lot of confused people out there and people that are going through spiritual awakenings, sexual identity, things coming up. There's a lot of things that we go through, especially in our youth. And I think that's such a great platform that you're on and that you have that following from YouTube and TikTok. And I think it's so important 
that those tools are out there for people to be able to get a hold of and really learn from. And I, I love your way of processing it and the way that you can articulate it and the way that it's really, it's easy to wrap your head around, like Jason and I have talked about. And I really honestly want to get to know you more. Where are you located? <laughs> I'm in, I'm about 25, 30 minutes outside of Chicago, living okay. like on one of the suburbs right around there. So we're going to make a trip up there. We have to. Sweet, come I on. About, I was like writing it Seriously. down. I was like, there's a few, maybe, probably all the people we've had, but I really want to get to know a lot of our guests because we've had some extraordinary guests, you being one of them on mm-hmm. our show so far. And I just want to get to know you more. I feel like there's a lot to, to that we could learn from each other. I just can't wait. I'm going to go literally watch all your YouTube videos and your TikToks tonight. And I can't mm. wait to get to know you more through that. And for our listeners, they can find you. Can you share with us some of your platforms and how our listeners can find you? And also you have a book that's available on Amazon. I'd like them mm. to get their hands on. Yes, absolutely. So you guys can find me obviously on TikTok through, uh, you can just type in Camel Kez if you're just in the search menu. It recently changed the name to uh, Mel Kez the Mage because I was feeling cheeky. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, you can I found find me you on by YouTube. Just, yeah, I found you by researching your name. So that's C A L M E L K E Z for the listeners. <laughs> Definitely tune into his stuff. He, he is the real deal. He's genuine. I mm. love his energy. I can't wait to be your friend. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like we're already your family. Family made it. Yeah. Your family. Yeah, I appreciate and I, I really, I'm really interested because there's not a lot of people that I've met. And like I said, I have a fairly large metaphysical center in Tampa. And there's not a lot of people that I've met who've been on the journey that you and I have, or we've definitely had where it was thrown in our face since childhood and having to deal with having to balance good energy, bad energy, and how to navigate to find that light within to realize your power and how those negative dark energies really can't mess with you once you have that learning lesson. And I'd like to talk to you more because I had experiences with them in the flesh afterwards. And when it did happen, I knew exactly what to do. And I thanked all of those dreams and astral projection experiences that I had with darker energies because it prepared me for that moment. And I didn't run. I was there and Mm -hmm. I was able to defeat the dark energy, so to speak. And I love everything you represent. And I can't wait. How much time we got, man. I know. I was like, (laughs) I didn't want to. We could do this, man. I got time. I, I got time. We're all have to go on TikTok one night and make it like an all-night thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Share the screen. I'm sorry. No, you don't. Wanna... We're just both so excited. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I want to. I know. For me, I've learned since I pursued my spiritual side how creative we can all be. Mm-hmm. Megan's extremely creative. I do the pot. We do the podcasting stuff. You do your creative stuff. And I want to ask you because I, I Megan had touched on your book, "The Cure for Enlightenment: A Guide to Spiritual mm-hmm. Freedom." And I also know you're also a fellow podcaster, the Astral Mind Podcast. And that's all created flow of energy that I believe derives from when you become a spiritually awoke and you tap into these higher higher energies and higher self. I want to ask you for yourself a creative downloads in terms of your book and in terms of your podcast. Can you share with our audience how your own intuition has helped guide you in being creative and pursuing such a creative part of yourself as a creator? It's a very good question. Very good question. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Receiving these questions from spirit. I see you. Uh, when I write and when I make videos, because I've been on this kick where I make YouTube videos every single day. I upload something every day. TikTok as well. I try to be very consistent with it. I go to create a piece of content. I first allow that information to 
be received by myself. And so I'll ask, just out into the ether or whatever, I'll ask, what message do I need to give today? What do I need to write today? And it's almost like a channeled writing because I'll be typing on a computer and these full complex sentences and paragraphs will come to my mind and I'll be like, yeah, all right. I'll be like, yes, <laughs> going at it. And I feel like it is, intuition is very much just getting out of the way and letting go of the wheel. Sometimes when I meditate, and I, like I say, I'm a man of method, but at the same time with the cure for enlightenment, I have found that when you're trying to pursue and reach for this thing, you're pushing it farther because you are that thing that you're reaching for. And you manifest a reality where you're always going to be wanting and seeking if you're wanting and seeking. When you manifest the reality of, I have it already, law of assumption, it's here already what I want. I am the solution to my problem. I am the cure for enlightenment. Then you realize I don't have to go anywhere for it. Now, everyone goes on their spiritual journey. Everyone like takes off. They go up the mountain to meet the guru and in the Himalayas, they do their thing. And then when they get there, they realize when they get to the top, I had what I was looking for the whole time. How many movies with the hero's journey does the hero realize that the tool they got in the beginning is what they needed at the end? I've had it from the start. And that's what the cure for enlightenment is about. And that's how I approach meditation. That's how I approach creativity is if I need to do something, if I need to meet someone, if I need to express something, I've found the ability to move through those things without fear because I have faith that I have whatever solution I'm going to need in this moment. It's going to be given to me. The downloads are going to be received regardless. And so sometimes I'll join these podcasts. I like to get into things not having a clue of what I'm going to do. And I tell people, you may not want to do life like me. <laughs> I'm a very seam of my pants person. Just for instance, my mentor had me be his best man at his wedding. And I, I was writing a speech and I was like, no, this isn't me. And I crumpled it up and threw it away. I eventually, I was like, no, I need to do this up real late, trying to figure it out last minute. And I have this little piece of paper with notes and stuff. And so I get up to give my speech and I'm like, all right. And so I take the paper out. I look at it and I was like, I had a speech. I wrote a speech for this. And then I folded it back up, put it in my pocket. And I just let whatever life wanted to speak through me be delivered. And I feel like if you can approach life, just allowing God to express your uniqueness through you, then you'll give whatever message you need to give at that moment. We have our hands gripped so tightly on this thing because we're so afraid of making a mistake. And that's what causes us to make the mistake. That split second of judgment and fear where we're like, oh, that's not right. I shouldn't have done that. Just be easy with it. That's all I say. Just let it flow. It's there in you. I love that. <laughs> That's just the best way to approach it. Yeah. Megan, you know how we get when I'll tell you this, Cal, while you were talking just now, I read energy. And one of the things Megan knows this really well, I feel like in a past life, you were a shaman and you had your own spiritual journey then too. And that's why you've been called in this life to do what you're doing now, because you're a messenger. You're here to receive messages and share with the masses. That's why you're on this podcast. That's why you're going to be on other shows in the future. Mm -hmm. And you're going to grow in your own mm -hmm. influence for that reason. Yes, I was getting the same thing. And I was getting, we all get different ways, words and ways to view it. And like, 
charades, but I was definitely seeing like someone who was a prophet type person, someone who was getting messages and putting them out there. And it's the same thing he's doing in this life. And he's doing a great job. <laughs> and I can't wait to see where you go with all this. I'm really excited to be a part of the journey. And I'm so glad I got to meet you. And I can't wait to see where our friendship goes. And I can't wait to have you on again. I'm really excited to, get to know you more. <laughs> there's so many things in the book bag that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share this. I know. So much cool I know. Stuff. Me too. I have so much to share with it's you. It's like show and tell. Like, show and tell little kids. It. I want to show yeah. you what I know. Like, look I at show these you cards. I Yes. I love it. And so we're going to book something after we're done filming the next few episodes for the season. And we're going to book something to come up. And so all of our listeners stay tuned for that because we are definitely going to do something with him in person because we love him. (laughs) Much love love in return. I appreciate it. Thank you again so much for coming on Psychic Visions. And we, again, we can't wait to have you back. It was a pleasure. We appreciate everything. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a great yeah, he is so awesome. And we, I had no idea that he would, that he was also into ET and UFOs and all of that. And we really connected with him on so many levels. And I really think all of that, like we talked about all of that stuff is connected anyway. It's all one big weird thing, puzzle we need to figure out <laughs> while we're here. Amazing synchronicities in our daily yeah. lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so impressed with just his matter-of-factness. His ability to be a, a master messenger and social media influencer. And he's real prevalent, as we said, on TikTok and YouTube. And his understanding of things like UFOs, astral projection, and magic is very impressive. It's so easy to talk to. And his delivery on his messages is so easy to understand. And I think he's a great teacher, too. I feel like he's a really great leader in his field. And I think he's going to have, he's going to touch a lot of people more than the millions of people that have already seen his stuff. I feel like he's going to keep doing this and keep growing because he has such an amazing gift. And and from my vantage point, I feel like his personal story can be so inspiring to anyone who, who has their own journey that they're looking for when it comes to UFOs and understanding different phenomena. He offers that all, always knowing that you're more of a visitor in your own mm-hmm. life and definitely learning from his personal mentor that for his deeper meaning and purpose and mm-hmm. the power of creativity, how it can assist us with understanding our own spiritual awakenings that might happen from within ourselves so we can evolve. Those are the kind of themes I was getting from all this. Definitely. I completely agree. I agree. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Yes. Thanks guys. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow Psychic Visions Podcast on Instagram. Psychic Visions Podcast is a production of Electricast Media. Our executive producers are Mark Netter and Peter Rafelson. If you like our show and enjoy what you hear, please subscribe and give us a rating wherever you enjoy podcasts. And always remember, harness your inner power. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Hey there! 
there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.